Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. is Straight Fire for Friday, April 22nd. Holy hell, did we have a night in the association and OMG. Yes, I can say that. I'm a grown man, but I can say OMG. Do we have a great interview with you to get you all fired up for the NFL draft going into the weekend. Tony Pauline, longtime NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Network, He's got a bunch of stuff. Uh, you're going to want to hear this. Uh, how many quarterbacks go in the first round? How many receivers? Debo Is Debo Samuel potentially on the move, or is he just trying to get $25 million a year? Tony Pauline brings the noise and the funk. But before we get to Tony, I don't even know which game to start with, Rob. I will confess it was my 15-year wedding anniversary on Thursday. Congratulations. So, you know, we, well, thank you, Rob. Well, we went out to a nice dinner in downtown L.A., you know, hour drive <laughs> with the traffic. Um, but it was a great meal. I followed the games on my phone. You know, yes, that's listen, wife gets it. That's part of the deal, you know. Uh, it's my job. Um, and I will just say, luckily there was not a camera on me, Rob, for the Minnesota Timberwolves collapse. I walk out the door, they're up 26 points. I'm following it on the drive. I'm like, oh, Memphis is making a run. Okay, that's expected. And then in the third, Minnesota gets it back up to 20. And then they absolutely stop playing basketball and lose at home in has to be one of the biggest comebacks in NFL playoff history, NBA playoff history. But that was just the beginning of the night. Then, and I had talked, luckily I, I didn't make it official, but I had talked about, oh, Utah game three, they'll make adjustments, they'll, they'll lock down Brunson, I, I, Utah, that's got to be a play, right? Now I was waiting on Luka, and life got in the way, I did not end up making a play on this. I had liked Utah here. And Dallas leads them wire to wire, and Utah loses at home to go down 2-1, and folks... It feels like the end for Gobert, Quinn Snyder, and Donovan Mitchell, right? I mean, it has to be. You, they're losing to a Luka-less Mavericks? I mean, Josh Green, the guy who was played off the court in the game one, 12 points off the bench. Bertans, I told you guys, Bertans would have a game. Comes in like a flamethrower, 
hits four threes, 15 points. Maxi Kleber, I don't think he's missed a shot since the Obama administration. The guy's on fire from deep. When you hit 18 threes in their house, you're going to win. Rudy Gobert, by the way, zero offensive rebounds. I'll just leave it at that. And then the nightcap, Golden State, Denver, a thriller with Denver putting up a good fight. And then, of course, Golden State behind the team that needs a nickname. You know, Clay Thompson interrupted Jordan Poole's interview after the game with pool party, pool party. And like there's something with Splash Brothers and pool party. And it's just electric with those guys on the court. Uh, Jordan Poole. Listen, I know people are freaking out about Tyrese Maxey in Philly. I get it. You know, Rob, I give you Jordan Poole or Tyrese Maxey right now. Who are you taking? Tyrese Maxey. No, stop it. Get out of town. I no swear. way. I really? Yeah. Now, I'm not, not saying nothing disrespect to Jordan Poole. He's great. But this might be quite possibly the worst matchup for the Denver Nuggets. That's Because they, are, they have probably the worst backcourt in the playoffs. Um, they weren't deep before when they had Jamal Murray, but without Jamal Murray, they're dreadfully thin. No Michael Porter Jr. on the wing. So they have a slow-footed center who can't jump over a phone book. But he's the MVP. But That's all I keep hearing. He, he's reg- the MVP. It's a regular season award. It's a regular oh, season award. okay. And, and then got you it. got terrible guard play. So the, the Warriors can get whatever they want against Denver. So if Tyrese Maxey is the answer. I, I know I overhyped it, but late in the game, on social media, there was uh, a moment where Draymond and Steph Curry were doing a two-man game, and they were, I mean, it ended with a Curry missed running like baseline one-hander, Rob, but the sequence of passes, there were like three or four Draymond Curry cuts and passes in like a nine-second span that just left my mouth just like, oh my gosh, did that just happen? It is like they share a brain. It's incredible what they were able to do together. Um, and I don't even know that Curry's 100% yet, but he's damn near close. 9 of 17, 27 points. Jordan Poole, 9 of 13, 27 points. Clay, 6 threes, 26 points. Draymond Green, just, you know, 6 points, 10 assists, 2 steals. Um, one of them came on Jokic as, he, as Jokic tried to post up Draymond Green, down 3 with like a minute left, and Draymond straight up picked his ass clean. MVP. Give me a friggin' break, guys. I know, a regular season award. I, just stop. Just stop. On no planet is he the best player in the league when it matters. If you want to give awards for the regular season, I mean, go ahead. Just give it to the leading scorer, leading stat guy. Go, go for it. Do it. Do it. But I don't want to hear any of this. Jokic is the best player in the NBA. He ain't. You're talking anybody. Who are you starting a team with? And Jokic is, is he in the top five, Rob? Oh, no, I don't think so. No. I mean, I'm I, I'm not even a huge Embiid guy. I'm going Embiid over Jokic. Obviously, uh, I, you know, you taken many other superstars. Like, uh, listen, Jokic is a very good basketball player. He ain't built for the playoffs. I said this before. The playoffs are for, not for centers or for wings. And Jokic is now done. They're down 0-3. A nice night, two and one. Um, Rob, I just I need to get my arms around what happened in Memphis because. I've watched the condensed version, just to make sure I didn't miss anything, on YouTube. I've read the Star Tribune. I read the box score. I read the, you know, like the Associated Press recap. I went on social media. I still am struggling to grasp how you lead by 26 in one half, 20 in the other half, after they cut it to single digits, 16 in the fourth at home, and you lose. And I guess we've got to begin with Carl Anthony Towns who's running his mouth, we're in Minnesota now, we're in Minnesota. And then Carl Anthony Towns goes out in 33 minutes and takes four shots. He was three of four. Nas Reed came off the bench. Big kid from LSU. 10 minutes, one of five shooting. If Carl Anthony Towns isn't the biggest fraud in these NBA playoffs first round, I don't really know who is. Remember, this is a guy who did nothing against the Clippers in the playing game. Anthony Edwards bailed them out. And now we got Carl Anthony Towns at home registering five fouls, four turnovers in 33 minutes. He attempted four shots. I just, I, I can't comprehend Jaden McDaniels. The, is he a rookie? Second-year guy? Whatever he is. Like, he's a promising young player. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He's a third-year pro. Jaden McDaniels out of Washington. 21-year-old kid. Comes off the bench. Takes seven shots. Wh- Rob. Any idea what the hell's going on with Carl Anthony Towns? I, as a Knicks fan, I don't even know if I want him anymore. 
Wow, you're jumping off the, the bandwagon that quick. I remember us having multiple NBA guests and you fight a shoehorn your way in. Yeah. You know, what are the chances that Carl Anthony Towns comes out the Knicks? You know, Brian. Well, I mean, Miller. listen, let's what be honest. What are the honest. chances of Cat coming into New York? Was Cat the third best Minnesota Timberwolf on the floor after your guy, former Laker D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards? And you could actually go Patrick Beverly. Yeah, no, he was not the third up. best player. No, no. I mean, and look, you, you made a point about him being invisible in game three. This has been a trend for him, okay? Going back to the playing game. So they they've basically have played four playoff games. He has more fouls than baskets in three of them, okay? Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns is a finesse big man. You know, that that's what he is. He'd rather hang out at the three-point line and shoot. He's got a big body, but he doesn't really like to use it. And all that Memphis is doing is swarming him and making him uncomfortable. And not only is he going into a shell offensively, but defensively, he's getting frustrated because he's not getting off on the other end mm. and he's committing stupid fouls over and over and over because he his head's not right. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is just, uh, I can't say he's costing himself money because he's already a max player and somebody's going to max him out. But, oh. you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're, you know, he's going to be all NBA, I think. But I don't think anyone really views him as a top 15, 20 player after this series. No, uh, It's so weird, Rob. I hear you say he's finesse. They push him around. They double him. In my head, and I guess I'm thinking like a young kid here with the memes, but I think of that Kobe meme where he's looking and then he shakes his head and he keeps saying soft, soft. <laughs> like who's he, by the way, who's he talking about there? Dwight Howard. <laughs> Classic Dwight Howard, Kobe. Oh, I love those teams. So Carl Anthony Towns is soft AF and I don't know, can they win this series now? I mean, again, I'm not exaggerating here. They scored 39 in the first quarter. They scored 12 in the second quarter. They came out of locker room, hair on fire, 32 points. They scored 12 in the fourth. Like, what a Jekyll and Hyde team. Are they bipolar? I don't even know how to describe a loss like that because obviously I had money on Minnesota, but Rob, this is a team that you jump out to a 26-point lead at home, you don't lose that. I don't know how they bounce back from this. And again, it ain't like John Morant went off, okay? This was a Brandon Clark 20 points off the bench and Tyus Jones, who I really like a lot, the former Duke point guard, he is solid. He had 11. I think he's a former Timberwolf. I'm not sure, Rob. Well, you know what's funny is, even though I picked the Grizzlies to win the series, I had him in six before it started. Yeah. I will admit that the Minnesota Timberwolves' talent level, especially at the top, is much better than Memphis. Mm. Their top three guys, they're all top two picks for a reason. You know, John Morant, who I think is fantastic, he's showing in these playoffs that, you know, you can get him out of his game yeah. in certain ways. He's maybe not as high end of a um, skilled player at this point in his career. He's very, you know, very athletic, very aggressive, but his skill level maybe not hasn't caught up to him yet. But when you get outscored in the last 13 minutes of a game, 42 to 12, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. That's like an effort thing. That's a heart thing. And Carl Anthony Towns is folding before our eyes. D'Angelo Russell has had his heart questioned since he got drafted. It's part of the reason why he's bouncing around because it's people are unsure exactly what he is motivated by in the NBA. And Anthony Edwards is still just a kid. You know, he's a hold pup. on. You mentioned Anthony Edwards. If you're starting a team now, you go Anthony Edwards or John Morant. Oh, Anthony Edwards, wing. Yeah, I, like the wing I, think I'm, I think I'm with you, bro. I like this kid, Edwards. I, I, I don't know why the team isn't his yet. It, this is not Carl Anthony Towns' team. It's just not. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not trying to stir the pot. I'm just, you watch them play. I, this stat you gave, more fouls than baskets in three or four playoff games? Like, at some point, you got to stop being overly amped and, like, come back down to reality. I, Anthony Edwards is, what, 21? And he's like the mature one. By the way, yes, Tyus Jones, former Minnesota Timberwolf, four years there. Now he has a dagger of a game and killed him. That's a hell of a performance. I think Memphis has a series now, just like I think Dallas has a series. I am curious, on the Dallas series, Rob, does the return of Luka, if it happens in game four, does that throw off the Mavs? Like, I, I don't know. It's just they're playing really well these last two games without him. To be honest with you, I would hold him out as long as possible. Mm. You know, what, even if he thinks he's healthy, I, I would say, you know what? We have control of this series. We're up 2-1. Utah is self-combusting 
you know, were it not for Minnesota, they would be the big story, I think, this morning. They were favored by seven. Because that team is falling apart before our eyes. Donovan Mitchell looks like he already has eyes out of town. Rudy Gobert is hated by pretty much everybody around that team. And Quinn Snyder, it looks like him and Nick Nurse are in a race to see who can get to the Laker job first. So, you know, the Utah Jazz are falling apart. And if I'm Dallas, not just for the chemistry reasons, but a calf injury is one of those things that you can re-aggravate very quickly, very easily. So you want to hold them out as long as possible because with the way that this playoffs are setting up where everybody is getting hurt and it's part of the reason why the golden state warriors are now installed as the favorites to win it all according to our friends at the mgm grand you know if you can just get healthy you got a chance to win this thing yeah that's a great point and let's that let's dovetail quickly we'll just do the best bet here to wrap up nba before we get to tony pauline our nfl draft guest um two of the three games tonight feature teams with massive injuries from when the last time we saw them was obviously Devin Booker's loss. They're saying potentially three to four weeks on Devin Booker. Now they're saying he's definitely out for the rest of the series against New Orleans. Three to four weeks would probably have him missing a significant portion of the, of the Dallas Mavericks series. And that would assume Luca is fully healthy. It's a big game tonight for Phoenix. It is kind of weird. Is it not Rob that last year, Against the Lakers. They are down 2-1, to one and AD gets hurt. They move on. This year, Phoenix up one nothing. Devin Booker goes down. We'll see. Injuries, obviously, the big story. I don't know, Rob. Who you got tonight? Oh, you know what? I like Phoenix. I, I think that they've been the best team all season. As good as Devin Booker is, you know, you don't dominate the league the way they did all year by being a one-man show. I think that they, uh, they're well-coached. And I think this is, you know, New Orleans is still at least a year away from being, you know, legitimate contending type of team. And I think Phoenix, I think they get this win and I think that they cover the spread. So uh, this part will surprise you. This game opened as a pick em. Pick em. New Orleans versus the Devin Bookerless Phoenix Suns in New Orleans. I don't want to. I don't want to hear a damn word that the. Is it called the Smoothie King Center? Is that what it Smoothie is? Smoothie King Center, baby. Right. Act like you know. I don't want to act like that's like a difficult place to play. I think Chris Paul has played in that stadium. Didn't he play for New Orleans way back in the day? Yes, for many years. Right, right, right. I, I, if Phoenix doesn't win this, they're in deep, deep kimchi, as my dad likes to say. I don't even really know what that kimchi is food, but I don't know how. I don't. I didn't know that was like a thing. I guess it's deep poop, but you say kimchi to kind of sound cool. Anyways. Um, so Phoenix is now favored by one and a half. Then you have the Chris Middleton injury situation, and they go to Chicago. Now, Chris Middleton, apparently MCL, Robert, sounds like he's done for that series. So can Giannis prevail against a Bulls team going home? I don't think Chicago's won a playoff series in a long-ass time. Might have been like a decade. Now, maybe Jimmy Butler got, got one uh, with, with Derrick Rose, but... I think I think Milwaukee could be in some trouble. And now oh, Milwaukee yeah. opened up as one and a half point favorites on the road. It's up to two and a half. Obviously, this will be a Giannis game, no doubt. I do wonder, without the shooting of Middleton, do the Bulls employ the fence strategy against Giannis that the the picket fence that the Miami Heat famously did in the bubble, where you just set up at the foul line and you're like, we're not letting you like lock arms, like we're not letting you come in here. And without Middleton, I just don't know where they get the scoring from. So who are you more worried about, Rob? Bucks or Suns? The Bucks, hmm. um, because the the Chicago Bulls, you know, even though they haven't won in the postseason, they have guys who have experience in that regard. You know, Demar Derozan has been in this position plenty of times before. That's why he was able to bounce back so big in Game Two. Um, Alex Caruso, who's a role player, former, Laker. you know, former Laker. Thank you. You know, he he's been in these moments before he, he knows how to you know stay locked in in a certain way Vucevic hasn't really won much but he's been in the postseason before so because you know just comparing the Pelicans and the uh, the Bulls I'm going to go with the team that's more experienced and the one that has you know I think the higher end talent so uh, of those two teams I'm definitely more worried about the Bucks. Yeah, I, I'm I will say they'll the give Bucks? me all the Giannis props I, whatever the whatever the number is, is over go- on everything you don't think Vucicic and Pat Williams can slow no, him down? Um, no. Here's my only thing. I think that we're sleeping on the Pels. 
And I know the they were, uh, you know, a, a popular dog to kick when they were down early in the season. Three and 16 start, no Zion, uh, buffoon of a owner, uh, GM, just total clown and job in trouble. But if you put all that aside and just look at this team over the last two months, they've got Herb Jones, a great defender on the wing. They've got two good scorers who can kill you in the mid-range. They've got size. The only thing they really lack is three-point shooting. But the problem is the Suns aren't a three-point shooting team. They're the kings of the mid-range. And if you remove Booker, I don't. I, who do you start? Are you starting Cam Johnson? Is that the move? I don't know if they, Phoenix has announced it, but I'm, I'm looking at it like, you know, they have Cam Payne, a good backup. They have Cameron Johnson, a good wing backup. So they got two good players off the bench, but Booker's the one guy they can't really replace. I mean, he's a solid defender, and you can run so much stuff for him because he's a three-point shooter, uh, he's a mid-range killer, he's almost automatic from the line. I, I don't know what the move is, like Landry Shamit. I, I don't know that you really respect that guy. I, I think we'll probably see a lot of small lineups for the Suns, right? Cameron Johnson in uh, maybe for Aiton. I don't. Aiton's also been another guy who's like, what's he up to? So I've got, I've got some concerns for the Suns. Rob, it is so funny. Before the playoffs, all anybody said was, "Why wow, you got to go Suns Bucks. You got it's got to be Suns Bucks." Two injuries later, the Warriors look. I mean, I think the Warriors look like the best team in the playoffs so far. Now, a lot of people want to say Sixers. That's fine. Is that you, Rob? Sixers? No. No. The best team has been the Boston Celtics. Oh well, they've only played two games. The other have played three. Fair enough. Boston Celtics have been yes. They've been good. Um, are they up tonight as well? Oh, goodness gracious. No, they're not. It's Heat Hawks, which nobody is going to be paying attention to. Yeah, hopefully the Heat can go into Atlanta, get the dub, and then celebrate it. What's that famous strip club in Atlanta? Lou Williams? Uh, that would be Magic, Magic City. Magic City. Yes, yes, yes. So for picks tonight, before we get to Tony Pauline, uh, do I want to take Miami on the road? So Miami opened as three-point favorites. All the money on Atlanta It's down to one. I'll look at props later, by the way. Thank you, Mike Conley, for delivering um, on Thursday night. I don't know, man. We, Rob, we just saw two road teams, two road favorites, I'm sorry, win in Memphis and Golden State. And actually, we saw three road favorites win, right? No, no, actually, um, sorry, Dallas was a dog. So all three road teams won. Miami, Milwaukee, Phoenix. Three more road winners? I don't think so. I'm going with Upset City. I will go Chicago on the money line, New Orleans on the money line, and I'll take Miami by one. Uh, yes, yes. I was going to say Trey Young delivers, but I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I think Miami chokes him out. So give me Miami and then two upsets, Chicago and New Orleans. It's, it's a bummer for the NBA, Rob, that we go into the weekend. Like The playoffs have been popping, right? Injuries. Nets, and then you get like a Friday night of pivotal games, and it's like, man, it's heading into the weekend. You know, it's like, am I building my night around the NBA? I know you and I might because, you know, we're nerds, but I, I just don't know. And now you lose. I don't know how Boston and Brooklyn is not a Sunday game. That's brutal. It's a Saturday, Saturday night game. Gosh, it stinks. Anyways, let's get to our guest, Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. 
Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. Let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy with a lot of NFL draft experience, covers the draft for ProFootballNetwork.com. He has an explosive Debo Samuel report. And most importantly, he is a New York Jets fan, a season ticket holder. We don't get a lot of those in these waters. Tony, Pauline, Tony, how are you, man? I'm okay, but, you know, I I don't know that I'm a fan. I am a season ticket holder. I haven't missed a game in 41 seasons except for the 2020 season, but, you know, it's I now go to, to basically barbecue my ribs and chicken and uh, oh. then go and watch a little bit of the game. It's it just, you know, I, listen, I've been through the whole, the whole, this whole rigmarole, mm-hmm. you know, except for a few uh, bright spots since 1981. Yeah. I mean, hey, the Mark Sanchez back-to-back AFC uh, championship years were yeah. glorious. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't think they've made the playoffs since then. Longest drought in the NFL. All right. No, nobody really cares about the Jets except for me and like 11 of our listeners. Uh, Jets fans are not a large grouping, but we'll, we'll get to them eventually. I want to start, obviously, the draft less than a week away, Tony. I, I, I guess big picture, when you zoom out on this draft, it isn't the sexiest draft because there's no alpha quarterbacks. There isn't anyone quarter. There's no quarterback anybody's clamoring for. I don't want to say it's a weak draft because there's a lot of good prospects. Obviously, there are every year. But I it, it, I feel like the draft is lacking a little bit of juice here at the top. Uh, your thoughts? Well, it is from the media point of view. But, you know, if you go back 20, 25 years ago, before the league went quarterback crazy, it was the impact defensive player that was the most coveted come draft day. If you were at the top of the draft, if you were selecting the top three to five picks, you wanted that impact defensive player. Yeah. And that's what we have this year. We got a bunch of tremendous pass rushers, a bunch of ter- terrific uh, defensive linemen. We have one outstanding cornerback. And we also have three very good offensive tackles. And while uh, the top two tackles are not pure left tackles, mm-hmm. offensive tackle is also a priority come the NFL draft. So while you know people say this is not a sexy draft, they're smiling in war rooms because of the fact that especially at the top, because there's pass rushers, there's tackles, and, and there's corner. There's, there's at least one cornerback. So, yeah. uh, And there's also the intrigue. I mean, listen, a year ago today on your show, you knew that Trevor Lawrence was going number one. You knew that Zach Wilson was going number two. 
you know that San Francisco is taking a quarterback number three. I mean, mm. there's still a lot of intrigue and, and you know what's going to happen with those early picks, which I think is a great thing. Yeah. Um, let's start. You know, the edge rushers obviously are paramount right now. And there's two guys who are going to be in the top 10 who, you know, they didn't pop during the season or totally dominate. But when you come to the measurement season, get them in the spandex, uh, you know, do go through the battery of tests at, at the combine. They pop. And Trayvon Walker of Georgia, who was, you know, he I don't I don't think he stood out really in any of the marquee games this year. But then you measure him and he's kind of like, oh, my gosh, this guy's like not quite Miles Garrett freakish, but he's in that solar system. Uh, Trayvon Walker and Jermaine Johnson, like the, does the casual fan even understand that these guys are going to probably go in the top 10, top 12? Well, if they don't, I mean, they're going to find out real soon because they could both go top four. I mean, the pass rushers can come off the board one, two, three, four. I'm going to slightly disagree with you on both of them. And here's why, you know, I understand that people, you know, they look at the stats and they look at the highlights and they don't see Trayvon Walker, you know, pinning his ears back and rushing up the field and attacking the opposing quarterbacks. But he wasn't asked to do that at Georgia. You know, if you really get into the film, what Trayvon Walker was asked to do were the little things that a lot of college defensive ends aren't asked to do. Set the edge, gap responsibility, drop back off the line and playing coverage on zone blitzes, which Georgia did so well with Quay Walker and Nicobe Dean. Get out in pursuit laterally to make plays <clears throat> against the run uh, at the sidelines. He did have, or he was credited with, 32 quarterback hurries, the most on the Georgia offense. And I understand that is a bit of a subjective stat, but the fact is this, while you want sacks, quarterback hurries are just as important because yeah. you're disrupting the quarterback's rhythm. You're making him move his feet. Sometimes you make him leave the pocket. He's looking away from uh, his primary target. So that he did that very well. There's more to being a pass rusher and being a defensive end than just pinning your ears back and rushing up the field. That's why I like Trayvon Walker. I think it's a misnomer to say, well, he just shot up draft boards because he had this incredible combine, which he did. Jermaine Johnson was a, uh, you know, was a, a different case in the sense that he was a pretty good pass rusher at yeah. Florida State. And that what happened is before the combine, he went to the senior bowl and he tore it up. He was unstoppable. I couldn't block him. And for right or wrong, the senior bowl is a kingmaker. I mean, you go to the senior bowl and, and you woo everybody and you blow everybody away. Your draft stock is, is going to shoot through the roof because the senior bowl you have the most amount of eyes from next level decision makers, head coaches, general managers, assistant general managers, position coaches. They're all there watching you practice in pads and a helmet. And Jermaine Johnson was outstanding during, during those three days. Yeah, he, he crushed the senior bowl. Let me ask you about Johnson before we come back to Walker. So he's already, I believe, 23 years old. And I know there is something of a stigma in uh, some teams just believe like, listen, I, I don't want a 23 year old. Give me the 21 year old. You know, if, if he's 23 now, did he dominate college because he was 22 going against a bunch of 19 year old linemen? Uh, do you think Johnson is uh, definitely going in the top 10? You mentioned top four is a possibility. I, that, that would be a shocker. But do you think 23 kind of digs up a little bit or no? Not at the defensive line position because defensive line, offensive line, you want guys that are more physically mature. And it's an advantage, you know, to be 23 or he's I think he's not going to be 23 until the end of next season. I think he's 22 right now is, is what the situation is. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You want guys that are going to be physically mature. Sometimes you draft those young defensive linemen and they get mauled in the NFL because they just can't stand up to the physical rigors. I don't think it's going to hurt Johnson at all. You know, maybe if it was a wide receiver or a quarterback, you know, a, an exceptional quarterback, it, it may be a situation where teams may raise an eyebrow, but I don't think it is for Jermaine Johnson or any defensive lineman for that matter. Your favorite player from the Georgia defense, Tony, was Trayvon Walker even in the top three? That that defense was incredible watching him against Auburn. I'm uh, not against Auburn, against Alabama. You know, Jordan Davis, everybody loves. Dean flying around. Like, did Trayvon Walker during the season, do you, do you think, did enough to warrant being, oh, this guy's a top five pick? Absolutely. I, I mean, again, you've got to get deep into the film. And it's, again, what I said before, it's more than just pinning your ears back and rushing up the field. You know, the little things that Trayvon Walker did and did so well, setting the edge gap responsibility, dropping back off the line uh, into coverage on zone blitzes. A lot of college, a lot of defensive ends, even in this draft, really weren't asked to do that. Mm. And Trayvon Walker did it very well. I don't, you know, if you really watch the film, there were many times 
Trayvon Walker had an open shot at the quarterback, but his responsibility was to stay over the left tackle, which is what he did. If he rushes up the field and the opposing quarterback uh, drops a, 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 a screen pass to a, a running back three yards off the line of scrimmage, and then the, the running back goes for 20 yards, Trayvon Walker is going to get reamed by his coach for not sticking with the gap responsibility. And the fact is this, he's got tremendous amount of upside. Yeah. You know, the fact that he's 6'5", 270, he's an incredible athlete. I think the fact is you can put him in a four-man line. You can put him as a three-technique tackle or as an interior rusher on passing downs. He could eventually grow into a two-gap uh, defensive end. Uh, and, and again, you really got to wa- get past the stats and watch the entire film, not just the highlights. Yeah, I just looked up his birthday. He is a, a young 21. December 18th, he turns 22, almost two full years younger than Jermaine Johnson, who's a January birthday. I, I don't know. I mean, you, it doesn't sound like you think that's a big deal. I, I, I kind of am interested by that. But that brings us to the third defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau, who, yeah. depending on who you read, uh, I don't know who you talk to, who you read. He's either slip sliding far or this is all a smoke screen and he's still going to. Where are you today on Trayvon uh, on Kayvon Thibodeau? Kayvon Thibodeau, the player I love. He's my number one rated player in this year's draft. But the fact is this. He could go as early as three to Houston. He could slide to 10 to the Jets mm-hmm. if they don't take a pass rusher uh, in the top uh, with that fourth pick. When you look at uh, Thibodeau, he's a versatile a scheme, a multi-scheme mm-hmm. type of defender. You can use him out of a three-point stance. You can stand him over tackle. He plays with great leverage and head level. He's explosive up the field. He can change direction and and attack the quarterback from the backside or catch the ball handler. He can drop off the line and play in space. Shows some stiffness trying to bend the edge, but I I think that's a bit overblown. The problems with Kayvon Thibodeau, and they are legitimate because I broke the story of Pro Football Network during the combine arc. People question his love for football in the sense that, you know, as I wrote in the article, teams are saying he's acting like he's already there. He's already made it versus working to get there and working to make it. Remember, the guy hasn't taken a snap in the uh, on Sunday football. He hasn't taken a snap in the NFL. That is a concern. I, I mean, when you go to the combine, that's the biggest job interview or the, those prospects. That's the biggest job interview they're ever going to have. And teams want to know that you're going to walk on nails. You're going to walk barefoot through glass, you know, for your football team. They didn't get that sort of feeling from Thibodeau. There is a concern he doesn't play hard. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that also comes from people in Oregon who say, yeah, if the play is not in his immediate vicinity, you know, he takes downs off. I think with Thibodeau, You've got to get a coach that's going to get between his ears. You've got to get a coach that's going to stay on him. You've got to get, get a coach that's going to follow him. You've got to take, get a coach that's really going to give him a good kick in the, in the butt. And if you do, you're going to have a phenomenal uh, talent on your hands. So is that Dan Campbell at two in the Lions? Or it sounds like they kind of have talked themselves into Trayvon Walker, a guy yeah. who's living in the weight room, football, football, football. Uh, where are you on the Walker Thibodeau right now at two? I think uh, I think Walker is either going to go one or two. I think there's a, a legitimate chance that mm. uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars can take him at number one. In fact, I wrote that story the end of March yeah. uh, at Pro Football Network, primarily because it, he is a Trent Balky type of defensive end. He is a long, lean, long arm, athletic guy who's very explosive, makes a lot of pl- plays. You can use him in a variety of ways. That is what Trent Balky likes. Now the question is. Does Doug Peterson like him? And what kind of input is Doug Peterson going to have with that first pick? You know, because Doug Peterson comes from a Philadelphia system where they use sort of undersized type of uh, shorter, more explosive guys, the Kayvon Thibodeau types, if you will. I I personally think that Houston and Lovey Smith would be a great spot uh, for Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope he, I hope he's selected there and, and I hope he flourishes. I had that's where I had Thibodeau in my uh, mock draft in my uh, last week uh, to to Houston at number three, which leaves my Jets at four. And let's get into the Jets real quick. You mentioned Ed Rusher. I would counter they don't necessarily need one. I mean, you can always use an extra one. Salah loves them. But I just believe they picked up DJ Reed, uh, the cornerback. He's not a number one. You need a number one. If you get Gardner at four, I feel like you're set. I love guard, all the traits, everything about this kid. I think he's a perfect guy at four. And then you have your choice of other edge rusher at 10 or receiver. I don't know, Tony, you with me for Gardner at four? Personally, yes. I I mean, uh, Ahmad Gardner is rated higher on my board than Jermaine Johnson. 
I don't think that it's going to happen for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, you're going to, you're, you're likely to get a better cornerback at number 10, whether that be somehow Gardner falls, whether that means you're in love with Derek Stingley or even the top of the round two, will it be good where there will be good cornerbacks available. Then you will be able to get a good edge rusher. That's number one. Number two is, you know, the, the Jets really have to solve this pass rushing problem. I mean, you're a Jets fan. The last time the Jets had a consistent pass rusher was John Abraham, who they drafted in 2000. He left the team, what, 2006, 2007, via free agency. So every year it's Jets into pass rusher. Jets need a pass rush. You don't know what you're getting back with Carl Lawson. You don't know if he's going to be 100%. You don't know what you're getting with him. Uh, so I think that's why it would be a pass rusher like Jermaine Johnson. But let me tell you this. And I've reported this and I keep hearing this. Iki Aquanu is in the conversation and the Jets are definitely considering him with that fourth uh, selection. Iki Aquanu, the offensive lineman from North Carolina State, highly rated player. I have him rated behind Evan Neal. He's likely going to go ahead of Evan Neal. That is something to keep an eye on because the chatter has been getting louder the past couple of weeks that the Jets could absolutely take a quanta with that fourth pick. Yeah. Now, does that have a lot to do with Becton kind of trying to eat his way out of the league and being slow to return uh, from injury? Uh, because they, they seem like they're in good shape. They add, add Tomlinson, AVT. We know on the right side's good. The fan had a solid season. Yeah. Are you saying Becton's on the outs or do you draft Iquano uh, to play right tackle? Well, I, I think I don't think Iquano is a left tackle. I think he's better off as a right tackle. I, I mean, we'll have to see. But the fact is this. I've been reporting all along. Joe Douglas and the front office want to keep Becton. They want to keep Becton because, to his credit, he did have an outstanding uh, rookie season. But the fact is that 2020 draft has not worked out for uh, Douglas or the Jets. I mean, it's, no. it's been a bit of a disaster. Bryce Hall has been a good player. But, you know, after that, it, it's, it's, it's not been good. The coaching staff has been down on Mickey Becton. They like George Fant. Remember, last year was the first year for Sal and his crew. Becton comes in overweight. He gets hurt the first game. And there's George Fant doing everything that they asked him to do. And he had a good season and he improved and he quickly absorbed the system. So when, when you're looking at it from the coaching staff, the coaching staff is ready to move on from Becton. Becton is not the coaching staff's player. They were not there when he was selected and then move Aquano to a right tackle. If they take Aquano, I personally think it's going to be a pass rusher. I continue to hear rumblings. It's going to be Aquano. It'll be interesting to see what happens after that. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing in a division where the Dolphins add Tyreek Hill. And we know Josh the Buffalo Allen. Bills. Yeah, Bills have Josh Allen and sure. Stephon Diggs. Like, there's chatter that maybe the Patriots swoop in for Debo Samuel. I don't. They are quarterback on a rookie deal. They can afford stuff. I, Tony, it would be upsetting if the Jets come out of this without a top cornerback. And I think the only guy to go for is Gardner. But it sounds like it's not happening, huh? I, you know, I have not heard. Gardner coupled with the Jets at that number four pick. And I agree with you for the longest time. I thought that that would be the selection. I think it should absolutely be a consideration, but I've not heard, you know, I hear pass rusher. I hear Jermaine Johnson. I hear Iki Kwanu. I've not heard much about the uh, Gardner for the Jets. All right, let's go to quarterbacks. The first quarterback comes off the board to the Atlanta Falcons at eight. No, uh, maybe I'm going to say it's less than 50, 50, 50, okay. 50. Really there's, hypothetically you could understand it, but none of the quarterbacks grade out as top 10 selections in this draft. I mean, Malik Willis is my number one quarterback. There are some teams that have Kenny Pickett graded as the number one quarterback, and there are more mid first round choices. Now we've seen quarterbacks, you know, through the past couple of decades, just get overdrafted, be selected yeah. a half a round earlier than they should be. I, I don't think, I think Atlanta is going to go more the receipt with a receiver, whether it be Garrett Wilson, maybe Jamison Williams, uh, I think they'll go with the receiver before they go with the with the quarterback. Well, let me ask you about Atlanta. I mean, they have no offensive line. Their quarterback is injury-prone Marcus Mariota. I know they have no receivers either, but what are you doing drafting a receiver when you can't protect your quarterback? I, I, it, that, the Falcons make no sense to me at this point. Well, I, you know, if Charles Cross is there, I'm sure they're going to consider him, but I don't think Charles Cross is going to last to the eighth pick of the draft. I think those three tackles, will be off uh, by the sixth or seventh uh, selection hmm. uh, it, with the first six or seven selections. So obviously I would agree with you. If one of the tackles are there at eight, I think that would be a consideration. I don't see that happening though. Wow. Uh, all right. So where, where is the first quarterback going uh, according to your projections? 
I, I think it's going to be New Orleans or Pittsburgh. I also I think what could happen is, uh, as I've been talking about with my, on my show with Trey Wingo, is the Minnesota Vikings would like to trade down. The Minnesota Vikings would like to trade down because I'm told they like Trent McDuffie as much as they like Derek Stingley. So I could see a team a team moving up to number 12, whether it be the Steelers from Lake Willis, mm. you know, Saints if they want to secure a quarterback, to get up there and get the quarterback that they want. I think both of those teams would take Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett because both of those uh, franchises are sort of in a rebuild mode, or at least yeah. the Steelers are in a rebuild mode at the uh, quarterback spot after signing Mitch Trubisky in free agency. Tony, when I uh, look at the gambling odds, the total for quarterbacks in the first round over under three and a half, mm. three and a half. Can you sell a fourth, uh, whether it's Sam Howell, whether it's Corral, uh, Desmond Ritter? Do you see there's any shot of four quarterbacks going in the first round? Now, I know it's uh, everybody hates when you factor in trades, but that end of the first round, it feels like there could be a couple some movement. Obviously, the 32nd pick has a ton of value. Your thoughts on four quarterbacks in the first round? I mean, philosophically, no, there should be at, at, at most three. I got uh, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and then I have Matt Corral. But as you said, historically, you know, you could see somebody who maybe likes Desmond Ritter making a move up to get him. And, you know, I, all the teams that I've talked to have a first round grade on Desmond Ritter. I'm not very high on Ritter, yeah. but all the teams I talk to uh, have a first round grade. So, you know, if I was a betting man and I'm not, I may go with the over yeah. on that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Desmond Ritter, uh, 
So weird. He's got about a 50 game sample size where he was terrific. And then you look at the one game where he stepped up in class against Alabama loaded with pros and he kind of vomited all over himself. Now I know he doesn't have the weapons on the outside to battle Alabama, but if you just looked at that game and you were like, Ooh, this guy's not a pro, this guy's certainly not first round material. Would you agree with that sentiment? I don't like grading a player off of a single game, although I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Cincinnati had a lot of chances to stay in that game. I don't want to say beat Alabama, but make it competitive. And he couldn't get the ball in the end zone. I I think that game is indicative of a lot of what I've seen with Desmond Ritter. And what I mean by that is he's not a very accurate quarterback. And I'm not talking about statistical accuracy. I'm talking about not being able to place the ball where only his receiver can make the reception. If you watch the tapes of Desmond Ritter the past two years, receivers are always leaving their feet or adjusting backwards in Mm. stride to catch the ball, which leads to a loss of opportunity running after the catch. He sometimes overthrows wide open receivers. He was throwing bounce passes during his pro day workout. And people say, well, his statistical accuracy, the the heck with that. He had Alec Pierce, who's a a six foot three receiver. He had some really good tight ends there as well, who were able to win up for the contested throws or get vertical, you know, to grab his, his errant passes. That is my concern with uh, Desmond Ritter, sometimes that's a difficult thing to figure out the next level, to, you know, to, to yeah. really fix. We saw but with he, EJ Manuel. Yeah. He crushed the interview process, Tony. Don't forget about that. I, uh, listen, right. the, I, I know you're being sarcastic, but the fact yeah. is, you know, I don't want to come on as a hater for Desmond Ritter. He's got the physical skills. He's a winner. He does a good job with his reads. You know, he's a high character guy. You, you know, you, you want a guy that's going to lead uh, at the quarterback position. We talked about the Jets before. I mean, how many times in post-game interviews when the Jets lost was Zach Wilson making comments like, oh, it is what it is rather than leading. And he got crushed for some of those comments. You don't want that. Uh, uh, let's go to wide receivers. First round, six and a half is the number for the gambling uh, line. I, I, I made a case. I had eight receivers mm-hmm. in my last mock draft in the first round, five going in the 20s. It's weird because there isn't an alpha. There's no J- Jamar Chase here. I like Wilson a lot. I want the Jets to get him at 10. I, can, you, can you make a case for over six and a half receivers in the first round? Uh, we'll give you the obvious ones. Uh, Chase, I'm not Chase. Jameson Williams, Wilson, Olave, Drake London, a couple others. Do you think we can get to seven? No, I, I don't see it at all. I, you know, I think Traylon Burks, who everybody loves, could fall out of the first round. Wow. I, Wait, not, why is that? Well, because number one, he's a bigger, slower receiver who consistently won out for the contested throw on Saturday and did, good, did a good job of that. But you look at historically, or in recent drafts, I shouldn't even say historically, recent drafts, those big you know, body possession receivers who don't run good routes, who can't separate through their routes, who can't separate through their speed, they go later in the draft. Now, Traylon Burks has got a good amount of upside, but Traylon Burks is going to struggle on Sunday because of the fact that he doesn't run good routes and the opponent's going to be breaking on the ball and, def- and deflecting the ball because he, he's slowing the brakes and he floats on exit. So Traylon Burks catches the ball very well. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, is a, a guy that everyone seems to like. But as far as being NFL ready as a receiver, you know, he's not going to be able to do what he did on Saturday so easily on Sunday. And yeah. a lot of teams have Traylon Burks as a second round pick. Wow. A lot of people like, like Christian, a lot of people like Christian Watson in yeah. the first round. Not a single team I spoke with have Christian Watson uh, with a first round grade. They all have him as a mid uh, mid second round grade. In fact, they have Sky Moore of Western Michigan graded higher uh, than uh, Chris, uh, Christian Watson. So I think it's probably if it's six and a half, I'm not going with the over yeah. on that. I'm going with the under. I just don't see seven receivers uh, moving into the first round. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Jamison Williams with the Jets at number 10. No, no, I don't. I don't want that. I don't okay, want I'm that. sorry. Uh, no, I, but go I, ahead. I, I do not want that. I like Wilson. Yeah. I can't your thoughts see on it. Will- yeah, I can't see it. I can't see it because Joe Douglas needs to get immediate impact out of that 10 selection. He needs to draft a guy that's going to line up with the first team on week one of the NFL season. Jamison Williams is not going to be able to do that. If this was Joe Douglas's first draft with the Jets, I could see them taking Jamison Williams point. at 10. Uh, this is his third draft with the Jets, and he's got to win. He's got to get some immediate production out of the 10th pick or maybe a player he trades for that 10th pick, and, and that's not going to be Jamison Williams. Uh, I like that. I like that. I actually have Sky Moore and Watson both in the first. I put Sky Moore in a January mock draft 
He sent me like a nice Instagram DM. This kid, Sky Moore, now could go first round. I, I had the Chiefs. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, yeah, I think the Chiefs, if anything, the Chiefs would be a team that trades up to get Jamison Williams. And here's why. The mm. Chiefs have the luxury of time. The Chiefs don't need Jamison Williams to play in September. When Jamison Williams is healthy and ready to play, say, the end of November, uh, you know, early December, that's when the Chiefs are making their late season run and they, and they have them likely for the playoffs. That makes sense. Uh, Sky Moore, I mean, it's interesting. I'll tell you somebody who I love for the Chiefs, a name that's not mentioned in round two is Calvin Austin uh, of Memphis. Five, seven and a half, 170 pounds, runs four, three, two, ran four, three, two at the combine, ran faster than Sky Moore, runs incredible routes, hmm. has got an excellent route tree. And I think that guy, is a perfect replacement for Tyreek Hill. Whether he becomes that type of player or not, I don't know. But when you look at the dimensions, you look at the style, you look at the substance, and you look at the Chiefs, who historically draft receivers later on, I think uh, Calvin Austin of Memphis yeah. is, is somebody to consider. If I could go back to Burks for a second, Tony. You know, I looked up his 40 time, four five five, not blazing. Um, but is 40 time a little overrated? Because some of these guys play fast. Like I just looked up Debo Samuels. He was like a four, four, eight guy, right. but he plays fast, especially when he gets it in space. He's, I mean, he's super quick. Is Burks that kind of guy? Or you think he's a little clunky? Cause it, uh, some of the stuff that you said about unable to get separation, contested catches. I feel like that could apply to Drake London too. No. To an extent, I would agree with you. Now you got to remember Traylon Burks is 225 pounds. When Traylon Burks uh, showed up for combine training, as I had reported, he was 235 pounds. So he is clunky. He's not very quick. I, I mean, he's not Debo Samuel quick where he's able to get in and out of routes and, and the defensive back has no chance of staying on his hip. That doesn't happen with Traylon Burks. I think you were, I would agree with you to an extent with Drake London. He is that sort of oversized possession type wideout, but he's much more fluid. He's much more natural. He's a lot smoother than Traylon Burks. And the thing with Drake London is if you look at the game stats, and I don't like looking at game stats, but if you look at the game stats, Drake London consistently had like 60 to 75% of the receptions and the receiving yards in every game he played, which tells me the opponents knew the ball was going to Drake London and they couldn't stop him. Uh, I would agree with you. I don't, you know, everyone has him going to the New York Jets. I don't think he's that great of a fit for the New York Jets. I think Garrett Wilson yeah. is a much better fit for the Jets because of his route running, because of his speed, and because of the fact that he is able to separate with those things where Drake London is more come back into the scene, find the open spot in the defense, box out your uh, the defender, and get up and get the pass and, and grab it with your hands. Yeah, boy, you get Elijah Moore, Berrios, Wilson. The Jets have something there, and, and hopefully LaFleur can scheme it up. Um, let's wrap up. One more player, Kyle Hamilton of Notre yeah. Dame. I bet his draft prop over 10.5. I know a lot of people have him as a top-five player, but, yeah. Tony, when you factor in the safety position, uh, the quote-unquote slow 40-time uh, you know, I feel like remember how Derwin James fell a little bit. And people were stunned. I feel like Kyle Hamilton, you get him at like 15, you know, 14 to 18 range. And that's a that's a home run. But you can't take a safety in the top five. I don't necessarily agree with that. Oh. I don't think you can take a Kyle Hamilton type safety in the top five in the top 10. And here's why. Kyle Hamilton has never been in the top 10 on my board. When I do my big board at Pro Football Network, there's 1300 players. there. He's never been in the top 10. I look at Kyle Hamilton at six foot four, 220 pounds, and I see a linebacker at the next mm. level. I don't see a safety. I see a guy, you know, we talked about the Traylon Burks and the Drake London's, how they struggle to run routes and they, they can't separate. Kyle Hamilton is not going to be able to stay with receivers, the quicker receivers out of their routes in the NFL. I mean, Traylon, uh, Kyle Hamilton is not a guy that you're going to be able to place over the slot receiver because he's a liability. Now, mm. There is a place for that type of player in the NFL. There's just not a place for that type of player in the top 10 of the NFL draft. And I never was a Kyle Hamilton believer as far as him being an early, early pick. There are some people, like you said, top five. Some places have him as the top player in the draft. I thought that was absurd. And then he goes and runs four, five, nine at the combine. Everyone's saying, well, he's running awkward. He's running crooked. He's on the right-hand side. He'll be faster. Pro day. He barely broke four, seven in his pro day. Again, 6'4", 220 pounds, doesn't have great speed. He's probably going to get bigger before, you know, before he loses weight. I see an outside linebacker. I see a Jabril Peppers type of player mm. in Kyle Hamilton. Again, there is a place for that type of player 
in the NFL. There's just no place for that type of player in the top 10 to 12 picks of the NFL draft. I feel like Peppers has been on like three teams already. You know, it's just safety is a tough one right now, uh, Tony. All right, great stuff on the draft. I do want to wrap up. You had an explosive report on Debo Samuel. Yep. And, you know, he, he allegedly wants 20 to 25 mil a year. I, it, let's get down to this first, Tony. Does he want out of San Francisco or all, is all of this a negotiating ploy? It's tough to say. I, I mean, two weeks ago in the uh, during my uh, uh, the show with Trey Wingle that I did, I broke the story that he was looking when he scrubbed everything from his mm-hmm. uh, social media accounts. I said he was going to be looking for twenty five million dollars a year. But the word was the San Francisco 49ers were going to look to extend them. He probably would stay at the, in San Francisco. I was told earlier that a lot of this is a you know, a ploy by uh, the, the demanding a trader saying he wants to trade is a ploy by Samuel uh, to, to get to get the price up uh, in San Francisco. Uh, he wants twenty five billion. My report earlier was uh, the Niners put an opening offer on the table. <laughs> excuse me. Opening offer on the table to him for just under nineteen billion dollars. That was the opening oh. offer. Oh, Nobody in the league really believes that Dave Debo Samuel is going to get 24, $25 million a year. No they think 23 to $24 million, you know, big deal, you know, a million dollars, a million dollars less. You and I, guys like you and I would love, would uh, love to have that. Um, I think that San Francisco is going to do all they can to keep him. If the situation becomes untenable, a la the New York Jets and Jamal Adams, you may <laughs> see a draft day trade. As of right now, the Niners want to keep him. Does Debo Samuel want to play in San Francisco, which was your initial question? If he gets the money, yeah, he's going to want to play in San Francisco. I mean, they were a team that was very close to the uh, to the Super Bowl. Why would Debo Samuel want to go from San Francisco to the New York Jets? I, I mean, mm. why? That's Yeah, that's a tough sell. So let me just quickly look at the highest paid receiver. So obviously, he's not getting Tyreek Hill money. Who got? 30 mil a year, right? Um, Devontae Adams at 28 mil a year. We get that. DeAndre Hopkins, 27 mil. But then there's Diggs at 26. After that, it drops down significantly. DJ Moore at 20, Keenan Allen at 20. Is Debo Samuel definitely better than, than Keenan Allen? I mean, I know he can run the ball and uh, he's a great route runner and he's really good at everything, but 25 mil, he's not getting that from anyone, I don't think. We would agree, right, Tony? I don't think he is. Now, you got to remember, a lot of those contracts, except for Hopkins, that you uh, you, you rattled off, they're, they're new contracts. I mean, they yeah. were signed this offseason, and that is the way things are going. That's the I wave mean, of the future uh, at the receiver position. But, you know, uh, he means a lot to that offense, not just yeah. as a receiver, running reverses, return specialist. You know, he does all kinds of things, some of it which don't lead to longevity in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so is he as good a receiver as some of the guys you mentioned? Probably not, but you've got to factor in the other things that he does and does so well uh, for the Niners team as a whole, their offense and their special teams. Yeah, Ooh, it's a tough one. I, I Listen, if I, the Jets apparently whiffed on Tyreek Hill. They apparently have been trying to get DK Metcalf, depending on who you read. And, you know, to go 0 for 3 and not get Debo Samuel, I, I, is that a sign that maybe receivers don't want to play with Zach Wilson and play in New York? Well, I, I mean... Th- you know, the, this has happened before the Jets. Remember Anthony Barr a couple of years ago, you know, oh, agreed geez. to a contract with the Jets uh, at 11 o'clock at night, eight o'clock in the morning. We found out he said, yeah, the heck with it. Uh, I'm staying uh, the cornerback. You remember years ago from Buffalo. So it's nothing where he had agreed to the Jets. His name escapes me. His kid plays for Minnesota, who played for Minnesota Golden Gophers. He's now with Tampa. I apologize. Um, a- you know, a- a- agreed to the Jets and then said, nah, I'm going elsewhere. So I, I-, I mean, Listen, if you if you if you do you want to go to a team or a franchise that is constantly in the rebuild mode and has flashes here and there, or do you want to go to a place where you know you're you're closer to being competitive? Yeah, and in New York right now, it's things are not good. All right, he is Tony Pauline. You follow him on social media. He is an NFL draft analyst at Pro Football Network. Uh, Tony, congratulations on all the success. A lot of scoops for you lately. Love that. Keep up the good work and enjoy the draft, my man. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, 
The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.